ever changing as it flows and a dream is just a vessel that must follow where it goes hello again ladies and gentlemen this is maxwell ivy known all around the world as the blind blogger and you can find me over at the that's where you can get the episodes of what's your excuse this show right here where i bring friends and acquaintances and people i admire online to share their stories with you and hopefully inspire you to where at the end of the hour you'll ask yourself if they can do it what's my excuse so today i am joined by a guy i met at dreamcon in philadelphia uh he went on the stage after me thank goodness because uh he is just a really powerful speaker which y'all will y'all get a little taste of him once we get started here uh he is a motivational speaker he's from nigeria africa he has a great story about how he came to the U.S. and how he has become and continues to become the person he is now. You can find him at azukazook.com. Uh, I think he's up to his seventh or eighth motivational book by now, so you can find him on Amazon easily, too. Uh, hello, Azuka. How are you doing today? Hello, Max. I am doing excellent. Thank you so much for having me on your show today. I am very excited. I'm very excited too. You know, uh, when I when I talk to you, uh, regardless of where or when, I just feel this energy off of you, and I'm like, I feel like I've been standing next to a waterfall or something. So I'm really glad that we were able to get this together. Uh, awesome. Thank so, you. right, right. So um, I have a tendency to run on, so I like to try to remind myself to get right to it. I would like you to to, to start off by telling the people here a little bit about yourself. Uh, how you came to be, get here from Nigeria, and some of the the steps along your path to where you are this powerful guy you are yes. now. Yes, hello, Max. Thank you so much for having me on this show. You are in North Carolina, right? No, I'm in Houston, Texas. You are in Houston, Texas. First of all, I want to send my, my support, my energy, my love to the people of Houston, Texas on the uh, hurricane, Harvey, the disaster that happened there, and I'm very glad you are very safe. And I pray that every other person in Texas will be safe. And as we continue to, you know, deal with this situation, this is a national disaster, it's a world and global disaster, and we are happy that we are getting to contain this situation. Once again, my love to the people of Texas. Well, yes, thank you. Awesome. We 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 appreciate it. Thank you. Um, I'm fortunate to live far enough away from Houston where we did not suffer any flooding or or property damage, but I have lots of friends and family in the area who did. So thank you. Awesome. Thank you so much. And then um, on that note, I want to say I'm excited being on your show and I wanted to thank you for having me here. By way of introduction, I am Azuka. That's my name. I tell people I don't have a last name, Azuka. That's it. Because initially I used to introduce myself as Azuka Zukobi, my good friend. He's a superintendent of school, Dr. Wise. He said to me, Azuka, that name is too long. Just select one name and that's it. I said, why? Why should I select one name? He said, because for branding's sake, so you can stand out to do what you do, just like Oprah, uh, Wendy, Barack, Obama, Steve, Max, Azuka, you know, things like that. So by word of introduction, I'm Azuka. Azuka is a disciple of the movement for positive change and gratitude. I'm originally from Nigeria, West Africa, by the special grace of God. I am an American citizen. I am the author of seven books on Amazon.com. I'm working on the eight. With time, I'm going to tell our listeners the titles of my book. 
I'm also an international motivational speaker. I travel the world inspiring people, waking them up from their deep slumber so they can go out there and do something and recharge the internal batteries of people so they can live their dream at the maximum and highest capacity ever possible. That's what I do, Max. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I tell people all the time, one of the great things about doing this show is you can be a little selfish and you can have people on that you want to have on for for reasons of your of your own. And I like I said, I just enjoy being exposed to you. Uh, why don't you tell a little bit more about exactly how you got here from Nigeria? Um, what are you know some of the things you had to, to suffer through there and here in order to in order to make it to the point you're at now? Awesome. I, as a person growing up in Nigeria, I had always had this dream of being in America. That was my dream. As a young child, I would always sing about America, feel like an American. I dress like Americans. I memorize all the 50 states of the United States, from Iowa to Nevada, Indiana to Nebraska, Montana to New Mexico. I had it in my head. I sang it like a poem. I said, baby, my mom will always make a show or make a joke of me. You keep saying you want to go to America. Who will fight for you? How do you think you're going to make it? I said, mama, I have faith in myself. I have faith in the power of the almighty God, and he will make it happen. So I went to primary school, went to secondary school, which was very tough. You know, secondary school was one of the toughest things I've done in my life. In a place where teachers can whip you silly for getting the wrong answer to the question. It was pure discipline. Nothing more, nothing less but discipline. But that didn't stop me from having that belief that I'm going to do very well in my life, pass my studies, pass my academic work. And then with time, I still believe. I still believe that time when I was growing up that I would be in the U.S. Then I went on to the university, which was another tough hurdle. Very, very tough hurdle. You know, we were always protesting either poor working conditions on campus, lack of water supply, epileptic supply of electricity. Our professors were either protesting non-payment of their salaries or one thing or the other. There's always something in Africa being a different kind of setting compared to American society, which I'm enjoying now. I'm loving it in this country. So I kept on having faith and hope that I'll be in America. I worked so hard and by the special grace of God, I graduated very well in high honors. But while I was in the university, I was nursing this ambition of coming to U.S., living in America, doing big things. I will watch a Murphy show, Coming to America, that movie still inspires me till this day. I see American TVs, I see things on TV, I see the Statue of Liberty on TV. These are the things I read on newspapers and I see on TV, but I was always excited about this country called the United States. So I started believing it was possible. When they talk about the power of attraction, it works. I believe it works. It worked for me in Africa growing up. It worked to attract me to come to the United States. It's working for me in the United States. And I'm very, very, very excited. And I love it here. So I started magnetizing the American society to me. I sang the poem, the American states as a poem. I believed it. I knew it was going to be possible. I started feeling it. At some point, when the feeling frequency got to the highest level, I knew it's going to happen. It was only a matter of time. Then I started looking for opportunities. I still remember growing up, my mom, my late mom is in heaven. Thank you, mom, for making me who I am today. Each time I speak on public, I ask the public, I ask my audience to please appreciate my mother and give her a big hand because if she didn't make me, they won't have Nazuka right now in the United States to be inspiring and empowering them. My mom was my greatest inspiration. I went home and said to mom, I remember you share stories to me about people that 
you know, grew up with you, most of them are in the US now, some of them are in different parts of the world, some are still in Nigeria. Do me a favor, do me a favor. If any of those people visit Nigeria, call me. I was still in school. Of course, there was no time, opportunity to call. We didn't have cellular phones then. Cellular phones was something, you know, meant for the big boys and the glamour girls. So I said, find a way to reach me, travel to the university or send a letter. So she said, okay, I will do it. You and this, your American dream. Let's see how it's going to happen. I'm not saying my mom was a Christian. She had faith in herself and she believed in the power of Almighty. But she never believed that I was telling her that I was going to go to America. She didn't see the possibilities, you know, which is fine. You know, sometimes we have these big dreams that we have. We know it's going to happen. But people beside us may not believe in that dream because they may not see it the way you see it. So that's why I tell people to hang around people who see in them what they are seeing in themselves at that particular time. Mom was great, but she didn't see it that time, but that's okay. So I continued to walk to believe and hope it was possible to go to the United States. So I told her to look for opportunities. All these people that were her friends in US, if any of them visit home, let me know. I will come and speak to that person to seek an opportunity to go to the United States. And guess what? I went back to school. She gave me some money. She said, please, I don't have much money to give you anymore. The next time I want to see you here is a month's time. Max, in one week time, I got this feeling in me to go home. I didn't know what was pulling me. Sometimes the universe pulls you to a certain area, but you may not understand it. I went home. Mom was like, why are you here? He just left a week ago. I said, mom, I don't know how long you're going to be here. Something told me to just come home and visit you again. Come on. Is there anything wrong coming to visit you? I still got some money. Don't worry. I know you don't have money to give me, but I'm good. I'm good. She said, oh, now you are still here. That aunt visited from US. I never knew this woman. She was in the United States even before. I think even before I was born. She said, I said, thank you. That's all I needed. She came to visit us. I said, I'm going to her house. I dressed up, looking good, feeling good. To some cologne sprayed on my body feeling sharp with my swagger, walked to the man's house. <laughs> 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 I, I got you laughing there, Max. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can picture it, man. You know, it's... <laughs> this looks like a movie to you, right? Even to me, I can picture a movie, making this into a movie, you know? <laughs> Azuka comes to America. That's why I decided, not in the future, but it's going to happen. The power of America yeah. is so powerful. Anything is possible in the U.S., so to my story, I went to this lady's house, sat down. She said, congratulations, good to see you, welcome, how are you? Oh my God, I said, I'm so excited, you know, so where are you? I said, I'm fine, you know, you know she was trying to congratulate me for coming to visit that, you know, in those, in those days, somebody visiting from US, oh my, my, it's a big show, you know. So I sat down, she gave me some good things from US candies, you know, handkerchiefs, cookies, a little snack, and I was very excited. Then I said, my mother told me you visited and I just came to say hello to you. Is there a way you can bring me to America? I want to be in the United States. I've been dreaming about that country. I'm excited about U.S. I want to be in U.S. to live my dream. She looked at my face and said to me, America is for people like you. She gave me her business card. The correspondence started. A few, I went back home. Then a few days later, I went back to school. With that touch of exchanging business card, that was all I needed. So of of her giving me her business card, you know, that was all I needed. So I kept corresponding with her back and forth, back and forth. And then 
at some point I mentioned to her about this diversity visa lottery program, you know, um, which former Bill Clinton, President Clinton started to give people who ordinarily wouldn't have the opportunity of coming to the United States to come here and live here and walk and live the American dream. She sent me the forms. I applied, sent it back to her. She sent it in. Six months later, I got that phone call that changed my life. I've won the diversity visa lottery to come and live in America. There are over 100 million people that applied that year. They selected 100,000, listening to these statistics, to tell you that God is at work. And when you dream it, you believe it, you feel it, you walk towards it with faith and power and tenacity, the power of God and what you do is possible. 100 million people applied. They selected 100,000 and gave 50,000 visas worldwide. I was among the few selected from Nigeria. To get this, the, the, to prepare for the interview, for the, to get my visa, another tough hurdle. I didn't have money. I had to borrow. I had to, even some people who I should have helped me deserted me. Even some uncles who would have stepped in deserted. God was so kind that one time, at some point, one uncle stepped in and was able to help me. I went to the interview. I dressed up looking very good. I was much young, vibrant, hungry for American dream then. Got to the interview, very young, beautiful American lady. She looked at my face and said, your papers are correct. We have everything here. Where do you want to stay in the United States? I gave her the address. And who are you staying with? I'm going to be staying with my aunt. God bless her. She's in heaven now. Thank you, aunt, for helping me to come to the United States. May your soul continue to rest in peace. I said, she's my aunt. Okay, your aunt. Okay, that's fine. Um, do you have $65 in American dollars, in American money to pay for your visa? I said, yes. She said, okay. Pa, 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 pa. She stamped my papers. Go there, pay the $65. Come back next week to get your visa to travel to the United States. I said, what? Are you serious? That's it? She said, it's done. I, I took a few steps away from her and looked back towards the counter. I said, are you serious? That's it? She said, we are done with the interview. Congratulations. Welcome to America. I, was, I almost died. <laughs> 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 oh, whoa, this yeah. is unbelievable. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so I went and paid my visa fee. They gave me a receipt. I went home, came back the following Monday. They gave me my visa. Story short, rest the etiquette, took off and flew. Six hours flight from Lagos, Nigeria to Amsterdam in Holland. It, it was raining as we were touching down. But when I got into the aircraft in Nigeria, I never flew before. I was like, I looked into the aircraft. I'm like, I saw over 300 people. I'm like, whoa, how am I going to be in this? Thing? <laughs> oh, I almost ran away. <laughs> but I summoned courage, you know, got myself together and sat in the aircraft and we took off. Six hours we were in Holland. As we are landing into Chipal Airport, I'm like, wow, this is amazing. Four hours transit, we took off again. Eight hours into the American airspace. I saw the Statue of Liberty standing tall in New York, a reminder of what I've seen only in pictures and on magazines back home in Africa. I felt very good. When that aircraft landed and I stepped out of the aircraft, beat customs, got into the city. Wow, it was freedom. Freedom to live my dream. Freedom to express myself. Freedom to believe in myself more. Freedom to express every capacity inside me. Freedom to live the American dream. And guess what? I got into town, settled down. My aunt picked me up. 
She's in heaven now. And I started my race. Did so many things in America, but at some point got the inspiration to start writing. And that's where I am now. I've written seven books on Amazon.com, published. And I'm working on the eighth. And I'm a motivational speaker, traveling the world, inspiring people, motivating people, waking people off from their deep slumber. But I couldn't have done all these things were it not for that connection to come to America and were it not for the great opportunities, the abundance of opportunities this American society has presented to me. On that note, I say God bless America. That's my story, Max. Yeah, God bless America. Um, this is uh, What's Your Excuse? You can find us at theblindblogger.net. My guest is Azuka. I'm going to try to get used to just calling you Azuka, brother. Yes. Uh, Azuka from, uh, from, from, New, from New York, from Nigeria, from Philadelphia, a citizen of the world these days. Let's put it that way. And you can find him at azukazook.com. Um, I told somebody earlier today when I, when I started uh, letting people know that you were going to do this with me for next week's uh, post, I said, I'm just going to ask him a question and hang on for the ride. And I'm sure people thought I was saying that as an exaggeration, but when they watch this, they'll know, no, I knew what I was getting into. Um, so I really appreciate uh, that, that great uh, presentation, you know, telling us, really sharing us, really making us feel like we were, were there, right, which is all this was happening. And there's, I think there's more than three, but there's three things that I would like to, to, to focus on just because I think they're really important. One is uh, – you started living as if you were an American before you ever even had the first glimmer that you would actually be able to ha- make it happen. You, you dressed, you, you sang, you know, you, you, committed, you committed our states and our people to your memory. And in your mind, you were already here. Yes. So that's, that's one. Um, two is uh, you were willing to ask and you know, you asked a lot of people and you made some big asks. Some of them were directly to people and some of them were to the God and the universe in the form of what we now call the law of attraction. And the third thing is, is you just didn't give up. You continually find a way. You're always looking for an answer, a solution, a connection, some way to get to that next step on your journey. So those are the three things that I really took away from that. And if you would like to touch on any of those a little further, I'd appreciate it. Yes, yes. I, I, I believe in the power of attraction. I believe in the uh, uh, attractive forces in the universe. I believe in the power of God. Yes, whatever you call it. So like, I, like you said, I was practicing these things, dressing like Americans, speaking like them. There is power in our mindset. You know, I think it was Napoleon Hill who said, whatever the mind can conceive, it can achieve. Then El Nightingale said it in a different form. Whatever we believe, and we plant in our subconscious mind and nourish with repetition and emotion, we one day become a reality. So those were the principles which I based my behavior on my activities at that time and kept working on it. And it really, really, really helped me to attract, you know, the American society, the possibilities, the opportunities to me. And when I landed in America, I knew it was the power of attraction at work. And God also being on the other side was really, really helping me. And then on the other aspect of your, your, uh, um, your request for me to explain uh, how I got to this level. There's so much opportunities in this country. There's so much we can do. Life is about steady growth. You can be complacent with where you are. You can be content. You can be content with where you are, but you can be complacent, meaning you can't stay. You can't settle. So at any point in time, I'm always looking for that next big game. You know, from one book to two to three to four, starting to speak to local level at a small level and local 
level and then taking it to schools and speaking churches and speaking to organizations and taking it to the universities and it's going worldwide. So in that sense, it's all about believing in yourself, walking your way through and never, 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 ever settling. And also another important factor is making the right connections. There's always good friends everywhere. In our life's journey, we can never do it alone. Nobody will tell you he did it alone. Nobody says self-made man. People would have, in one word, they would have supported you, helped you, believed in you, or even said positive comments to inspire you, to motivate you to do whatever you are doing in life. So it's all about positive connections, believing in yourself, and always looking for that next big game. Right. Well, I, I appreciate you mentioning uh, the, the, all the, the the connections you've made and the fact that there are always people around willing to help because I've – I know that you believe we don't do it by ourselves. I believe that I wouldn't be where I'm at without other people. Uh, but you know as well as I do, there are way too many, quote, gurus out there who are spreading this lie on the Internet and in person that you not only can do it all yourself, but if you're not doing it all by yourself, there's something wrong with you. And I think that's one of the most dangerous, hurtful myths that's out there. But it is out there, and there are lots of big names that continue to perpetuate it. That's right. Uh, I like to tell people if somebody looks like they're doing it all by themselves, that means that you, you need to figure out where the curtain is so you can find the guys that are hiding behind him. That's right. So, um, so now you've, you've written these books. Um, you're, you're going around speaking to various groups. Um, I'd like you to mention what I consider is, is kind of unique about your, your presentations because it's not something I've seen anybody else do or heard about anybody else doing before I get anybody thinking that I'm not really blind or something else, who knows, um, is you use the selfie. And I was wondering if you could tell people how you, you use the selfie in your talks and maybe, get, maybe, maybe share an example of when you did it, because I, I know it's something you do all the time, and it's very powerful when you do it. Yes, as a person, I believe in uniqueness. You know, everybody's created with uniqueness. Everybody's created with an abundance of natural resources. Everybody's created with special gifts they came to life with. So my personality, my gift is right inside me. Yours is inside you. Everybody has it. So what I do is I harness the gifts inside me to create a program that is unique to the Azuka brand. And this Azuka brand is... I speak from my heart. I speak with my authority. I speak with that power deposited inside me from my God. I speak with all my muscles, my legs, my face. People call me a showman. That's my uniqueness, and I'm not stopping. You don't have to copy me. You may not get it right. There are millions of speakers all over the world. They are doing it their own way, Tony Robbins. Les Brown. Barack Obama is a speaker. Joe Austin is a spiritual speaker. You might talk of... Um, was the big guy, Eric Thomas, and so many others, you know, and Azuka. So I do mine with my uniqueness. And also, in order to create that uniqueness or to take it to a new level, I became a selfie author. In other words, I use selfie to promote unity, oneness, peace, make people feel good again about life, and put smiles and excitement on people's faces. We live in a world infested with so much negativity now, entertainment-driven society. You know, the world economy is kind of chaotic, it's kind of troublesome. people are squeezing and trying to get by. So you find that most people don't even smile or laugh anymore. 
So I decided to create something I can use to put smiles again in people's faces. So I realized that once I pick up, pick up my camera to do a selfie after my presentation, maybe individually or as a group, everybody's smiling. And it gives me so much peace, so much joy, so much excitement, and so much fulfillment to see these people smile when I pick my phone to do a selfie picture. So that became my brand, Azuka, the selfie author who uses selfies to put positive smiles and make people get excited again and feel good about life one more time. Yeah. Yeah, I, I really, I, it's, it's definitely unique and it, uh, it gets people in, involved with you and connected with you long after you finish talking, which is a, which is a great thing about incorporating that into your brand. Yes. Yes, that's part of my brand. I'm the selfie author and selfie speaker. Period. No apologies to no man. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> no, we both know you're not kidding. We know you do. Uh, yeah, I, um, I, I, uh, I'm, I'm willing to admit. I honestly believe that me and Azuka uh, are related at some point back in our history because from the first time I heard him speak until after he was through and I think while I was talking we have have had this uh connection as as if we were our family that gets along you know what I mean uh and uh and I'm happy to consider you one of my mentors these days and uh it was a great blessing to meet you and the other speakers and you're right wow wow Wow, Max I'm so humbled with you making that comments you know realizing you're a blind blogger realizing your limitations but you never allow your limitations to stop that's one thing that set you apart from every person i've met in my life you know people talk about disabilities but you converted or transferred or transposed or transformed your disability into ability to be on this live show to be on this live show right now you know to be honest with you to be on this live show right now speaking to a blind blogger it's, it's amazing. It's exciting to me. I, feel, I know you're excited trying to interview Azuka, only one Azuka in the whole world that talk like me, walk like me, move like me, swagger like me, speak like me. But I'm more excited than you are being interviewed by a blind blogger all the way from Houston, Texas. On that note, again, I salute the people of Houston. I pray for the people of Houston. I send grace. I send power. I send success. I send positive vibes to the people of Houston. Let's rally around everybody. Whatever you can do to help Houston, I'm doing my own, my, my own little way. Let's get together and help Houston. This guy, Max, on this show now, is interviewing me from Houston, Texas. That's amazing. Thank you so much. You are the inspiration, Matazuka. <laughs> yeah, I'm. Um- I'm I'm probably never going to get used to that, but I'm going to try. Um, I recently I recently recorded a post um, uh, where I asked I I said Are you are you buying what you're selling? And it got me to thinking that there are times when I introduce myself that I'm not 100% sold on what I'm telling people that I am. And so that's that's one of the things that I really take from you is because when you talk to Azuka, there is no doubt of who you are what you're doing, where you're going. And, you know, like a few minutes ago, you said, uh, I didn't really mean that. And we both know you really meant it because <laughs> you're a hundred percent. And, and I want to tell you something else in my family. Now I grew up in a family of carnival owners Yes. And in, in the amusement world, there are two kinds of people. Well, there are three actually. 
Uh, let's just forget about circus folk because that's a whole different world. But in the carnival end, there are carnies, there are gypsies, and there are showmen. Yes. And my dad always told me, he said, Max, aspire to be a showman. And, that's, <laughs> and, and, and it's the highest compliment I can pay somebody with my background. And, and you said earlier you're a showman. Hell, yeah, you are a showman, no doubt about it. And uh, recently I tried uh, – I've been practicing some of my – uh, <laughs> I've been practicing some of my words and some of my and some of my music lately, and I've been really focusing on on breathing from deep down in my in my stomach and my chest. and And I notice that when I when I focus on that, which is something you told me to do more, I, uh, I I'm a little sore afterwards. But I can definitely tell the difference when I listen to it played back later. Yes, awesome. <laughs> yeah, awesome. yeah. Yeah. So, Azuka, if you know, for those of y'all, if y'all, if y'all get an opportunity to see him in person, you definitely need to go. If uh, I know he's on YouTube because I was listening to a couple of your videos earlier, so he's, he'd be a good guy to subscribe to on YouTube. Yes. And uh, and what's tell tell everybody about the new book um, that's that's going to be coming out soon, or if it isn't already out. Awesome. My my new book. That's my eighth self development book. It's titled "You Have Greatness." in you how students can discover it is targeting students middle school high school university anybody that call themselves students even for adults this book was created out of the passion to help people discover the greatness inside them every living person on this earth is a sleeping giant there's a sleeping giant inside everyone so that book is crafted and structured in such a way that it will wake up the sleeping giants in people to make them feel that greatness inside them, ignite it, harness it, and put it out there to the world to be able to do great things, to be able to live a life of contribution, to be able to live a legacy so that the younger generation coming behind us can gain something from that. It's loaded with power, it's loaded with integrity, it's loaded with positive vibes and energy that will blow your mind away when it's published. Once again, the title is You Have Greatness in You, How Students Can Discover It. And most of the things I discuss in that book are the things I did of myself to discover myself to get to this level. I'm very ready. I can't wait for this book to be out. It's likely publishing in the fall, late fall, because my uh, team of cover designers are trying to get the cover together. It's a lot of work to get the book cover together. But interior design is set, you know, from my publishers, and I can't wait for the cover to be out. So this book can be out there to change people's lives. Well, I uh, I have done the self-publishing. I haven't uh, connected with a publisher yet, but I know that there is a lot of work that goes into getting everything just right and the cover is even more difficult because you've got to find something that not only not only tells what the book is about but something that will grab people's visual attention when they're surfing online or when they're walking in a bookstore so yeah. uh very difficult and i don't wish that on anybody i i actually have real um i'm, I'm a real challenge when it comes to book covers because the people that i work with they have no way of really communicating the images to me so uh you know they have to we we have to try to come up with something but it's really difficult i'm told to work with somebody who can't give direct feedback as to what they whether they like or or hate what the designer has come up with are you a are you an easy critic or a hard critic when you're working with these designers on your cover or the layout of your book yeah i, I go all out you know I, I make sure the design is complete and make sure the design is strong and make sure the design is attractive so people can see it. I'm very thorough. You know, remember, this is a book that's 
going worldwide, you know, reaching billions of people. I don't talk about millions, I'm talking about billions. I'm a big dreamer, you know. So I want a book that people will see the cover and they feel excited. They will see the cover, they will love it. They will see the cover, they feel good, you know. But seeing the cover alone will get you attracted to buying the book, you know, and then getting the knowledge inside the book. So I go all hard on my, you know, on my cover designs to make sure I bring out the best creative work ever possible. Right, and do your covers... Um... Do they do they um, do they emulate each other? Or are they similar, or has each book got its own personality with its own cover? To some of to some extent, most of my covers has a little similarities because it's all about branding, like we discussed earlier in this show. You know, they're not basically the same color, but they have similarities so that when you see my book cover, you know this must be Azuka's book. I have somebody talk to me a few weeks ago. He said, Azuka, notice all your books have almost close to the same color. I say yes. But they're not the same, but they look alike. That way people can easily detect my books, you know, on you know, just from impulse like that. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. Um the 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 book that I'm working on, which is taking much longer than I thought it was going to, where it's it's the image won't be real similar to my first book, but the it'll be black and white and gray. So it'll yeah. there'll be there'll be kind of a tie into the to the first book, because I know you've seen the first book and uh, you know, the black and the gray and the white, considering that, uh, you know, I have this thing about uh, leading people out of the darkness. Yes, uh, those, those, colors seem, those colors seem to work. What, what colors do you generally use on your book? Uh, um, to be honest with you, I'm not going to tell you I use red, I use blue or orange. I use a mixture of different colors. For instance, The Power to Excel is my first book. It has a mixture of um, red, dark red, with burgundy light color, you know, the Live Your Dream has a mixture of yellow with another dark red with orange color. You know, the Nine Power Principles for Change has orange color with a little yellow and the Positive Change, orange color, dark red, and a mixture of white, you know, and the other two, the A Success Script for Teens and Young Adults, the Winner's Mindset, and um, the one I'm currently working on, they will mimic similar colors, but not exactly the same. So I, I, use a, I use a variety of different colors. Right. Now let's go back to the path. That was your first book. Can you tell people what you were thinking and feeling when you were going through the process of writing that first book and getting it published? Writing my first book, I could see people reading my books and feeling great. I could see, because I write from inspiration. Believe it or not, Max, Max, my first book, I bought my first series of three books, I wrote them at night, uh, between the hours of 2 a.m. and 5 a.m. when people are still sleeping. So that's the time people are sleeping everywhere. It's quiet. The road is calm. You know, you can barely hear any noise outside. I could hear a pin drop, you know. So I wrote my books from inspiration. And as I write, I could feel this energy. I could feel this power inside me. I could feel this excitement that people will read this book. They want to recommend it to others. They will read this book and they will, they will be waking up from their slumber and start doing things. And exactly that's what's happening with my books. People will read my book and say they can't put it down. I'm not trying to blow my trumpet. I'm just excited that I could create something. I'm not trying to create, I wasn't trying to create a literary object. I was trying to create something that people could read, to touch their heart, to be able to reach the innermost part of their heart, to touch them, to make them feel good, to make them feel that if Asuka can do this, I can also do something. So there's that touch of excitement, there's that touch of inner power, there's that touch of 
uh, uh, inspiration and feeling and emotional feeling that I inject into my books when I write. And I'm so excited I could see and feel that when people talk to me about my books. Yeah. Okay. Now I got to ask this question because I have, it's, it's, I've run into it myself a couple of times before. And that is, has there ever been a time when Azuka felt fear? Because you are definitely a positive, optimistic, powerful person. But there are going to be people who listen to this interview and they're going to be going, that guy is so much better than I'll ever be, and he's never been afraid of nothing. So I have to at least ask you, has there been a time you were afraid and how did you deal with it? Uh, uh, Max, if anybody tells you they've never been afraid, they're lying. Fear is a natural phenomenon. You know, we are created to be human beings and we are created to feel fear at some point in our lives, you know, several times in our life. But I felt fear in my life, writing and doing what I do. But guess what? The person who is tough is not that person who... The person who is tough is that person who feels fear and still goes ahead to do what he has to do. So I felt fear writing, but I told myself... The fear is there. Sometimes fear is just an imaginary thing we're developing in our brain. So in essence, it's nothing. You can't pinpoint fear. Like this is a pen, this is a book, this is a computer, this is a phone. So anything I cannot pinpoint doesn't exist in my life. Fear exists, yes, I recognize it. But since I can't touch it, it has nothing to do with me. So that's how I overcome all the fears. I felt in my life to keep publishing and keep speaking. Even when I stand on stage, initially, yes, I felt a little nervous. But as I practice my act and speak and speak and keep speaking, practice doesn't make you perfect. Practice makes you better and better and better because there's no perfect situation. Fear, yes, but guess what? Fear is rubbish. Fear is (laughs) nonsense. Fear can kill you. Fear can age you. Fear can make you lose your dream. Fear can make you lose your senses. Fear can make you miserable. Fear can make you poor. So I destroyed all the fear in my life. Even when I feel them, I mute them, and I still do what I have to do. Yeah, I, I uh, have recently started telling people that fear is always with you, that I'm, a, I'm a scared a lot, but I just, I've, over the years I've learned that I'm more afraid of missing out than I am afraid of failure or looking silly. So that's, that's what I go back to. Uh, I noticed you mentioned fear will make you broke. Now, I wouldn't be doing my job if we didn't talk about money and, and how you approach it so that you can have the money you need in order to, to, to write your books and do your speaking and, and everything else you're up to. Yeah, the supply is endless. The supply is unlimited. Financial supply, physical supply, emotional supply, academic supply. It's left for you to get out there. You got to plug your plug. You got to plug your pins in the right places. You got to keep going. You got to stay determined. You're going to stay focused. You're going to get out there and reach out and meet people. You're going to get out there and do your stuff with passion in what you do. That way, you, you keep generating funds. I sell my books everywhere. I sell in schools. You know, when I'm invited to speak in school, I sell in churches. When I go to speak, I sell on the tracks. When I go to run, I'm running. I'm talking to people. People connect with me. What do you do? I write. <laughs> By the time I talk to them for two minutes, oh my God, I'm blown away. Do you have your book in the trunk? I sell one book. Yeah. Yeah. I keep going. Just I got to keep going, you know? Yeah. I I could. 
I can't agree with you more, brother. That's that's one of those things. If you're an author, you don't just write. You have to be willing to tell people that you write. You have to carry them books around with you, and you have to go. Heck yeah, I got one in the car. I got one. I got one in the truck. I don't have one on me, but wait, right here, I'll go in the house and get it for you. That's right. See, if you don't tell people what you do, nobody will know what you do. They're not magicians. Only very few are. Very <laughs> few can know what you do. <laughs> yeah. One of the things that I am that I've decided that I that I'm going to do in my in in one of my books of mentally is and well I did it in the one I'm working on now is I actually share with people how I address money while I'm traveling yeah. and people people are going to think I'm even crazier than they already think I am but when I left Houston Texas to go to New York City last year I had four hundred and twenty dollars on me wow when I left Houston to go to Philadelphia I had five hundred dollars on me hmm. um. But while I was gone, I attracted two people who now pay me to get them booked on podcasts and radio shows. Yes. They started sending me a check every month on the first. Uh, before I know it, you know, between the, between the economy of taking the train, staying with friends and family who just happened to always show up at the right time and offer to take me in. Yes. Uh, plus those two clients, I was able to travel all over the East Coast and get back home safely. And I... Uh, no. I, I, only mention, I mention that now because I think a lot of people, they hear people like me and you and they're thinking, well, yeah, they, they do all this crazy stuff, but they got to have a lot of money coming in. Yes. And I don't think that, I think that's another one of those dangerous myths that just because it looks like me and Azuka are killing it doesn't mean we waited until uh, somebody, somebody wrote us a check for thousands of dollars before we put ourselves out of there, out there and started, started going out and, that's right. and doing what we do. That's right. You're very yeah. correct. You just got to get out there and do your stuff. You know, the, 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 the basement is over flooded. So the action is up there. That's where the action is. And like I, like I tell people, if it was easy, everybody would have been doing it. People tell me, Azuka, how do you do this? You're all over the place. You're inspiring people. I said to them, you say movement. When you create a movement, there's no stopping. There's no stopping. Because you are putting in the work. You are getting the work done. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you gotta work. You gotta show up every day. Whether it's snowing, whether it's raining, whether it's uh, uh, um, it's sunny, whether it's summer, whether it's fall, you gotta show up, brother. Yeah, you gotta show up. Uh you have to do the work, you have to ask other people to help you. Yes. And you have to be you have to be willing to act on that help when they say yes. Here's what you need to be doing. Yes, that means in essence you got to be always ready because it's better yeah. to be ready and not have an opportunity than to have an opportunity and not be ready. Yes, and a lot of times the first opportunity is not the opportunity you were you were expecting. But if you don't grab onto that first one, you won't get to that one that you were ex that you were expecting and hoping for. That's true. I uh, I asked somebody a while back. I said, "How many people do you think would be better off if they if they weren't trying to make their dreams and their opportunities match up to that picture that of, that they've got in their heads?" Yes. Uh, you said something earlier. You were saying that you uh, you. You know, you just, you do what you do. You do it with power and with energy. And you didn't, you didn't, you didn't set out to, to write an inspirational book, but you wanted it to, you wanted people to be moved by it. And I was wondering if you follow baseball much or if you've learned anything about the game since being in the U.S. 
Yes, and to be honest with you, I follow baseball and I have only gone to a live baseball game a couple of weeks ago. I don't understand the game, but I love the excitement, you know. <laughs> I don't understand well, the game, but I love the game. Yeah. Right. I, well, I ask you because in baseball they have an old saying, and it, it's, a, it's among power hitters. They will, they will tell people, I don't stand up there trying to hit a home run. I just hit the ball as hard as I can and let it go out of the park on its own. Yeah, you're right. And like I said, like I said to people all, all the time when I speak or in my private conversation with a lot of my fans, you know, I was just talking to a fan in Haiti a couple of weeks ago, a couple of hours ago, they are trying to see if they can bring me to Haiti to speak. I said, life is like a baseball arena. You keep swinging your bat. You keep swinging. Once the ball is coming, you swing. What is the chance that the, ball, the bat will hit the ball? That small bat, we hit that ball flying at maybe 70 miles per hour. It's a very small chance. But guess what? They hit their home runs. That's what life is all yeah. about. You got to keep swinging your bat. Do you hit yeah. your home run? Yeah. When you hit your home run, you hit another one. You hit another one. You keep hitting. You keep hitting. Yeah. yeah. Now, you mentioned that you've been invited to go to Haiti. Um, I always like to give guests the opportunity to tell me if they have any any important events coming up in the in the next few months? So, is there anything on Azuka's calendar that you, that gets you excited uh, even more so than usual? Yes, I I have a couple of um, events lined up. I will be speaking at a Pine Hill Reservation in New Jersey, September thirty. I don't know where Pine Hill is. Guess what? I will get there. God bless my. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> and I have a couple of other events lined up coming. Um, one should be at Rutgers University. It's still in the pipeline. I haven't done have a date yet. We haven't finalized it. But as soon as we do, I will put it out there. And um, we take it from there. The Haitian trip, I hope we get it together. We are working on it. It's a lot of logistics. It's still in the baby step. And we make it happen once it's, um, uh, uh, we get it together. And I will have information of all my, all my events out there. And in case you want to see my events, you see where I'm going to appear, be appearing in future for book signing and speaking engagements, go to azukazuk.com A-Z-U-K-A-Z-U-K-E.com. That's my website, azukazuk.com. All right. Now, we're, we're almost at the end of the hour, so I need you to do – I want you to do two things for me. One, what is one thing that you can tell people that will help them move forward on their path now? So do the, uh, if you'd answer that first, please. One thing I will tell people to help them move forward on their path is believe in yourself. Believe in yourself. You can read every book in the world, attend every seminars, go to every conferences, go to every nook and cranny of the world, seeking for churches to pray and wherever you, wherever prayers are being answered. I believe in prayers. If you don't believe in yourself, if you don't believe in what you are doing, if you don't believe it's possible for you to move forward, you will never move forward. So believe in yourself. That's the key number one. Okay. Um, and the other thing is, is um, I just want to remind people, and, and, and maybe you'll say this with me when I get to the second, path, second half of it here. If Azuka Zook, excuse me, Azuka yes. from Nigeria. That's right. If he can do this, then what? <laughs> Come on, say it with me. Then what is I your? Can do it. <laughs> then what? Come on now. If Azuka can do, can do it, I then can do it. <laughs> then what is your excuse? Come on, work with me, brother. I'm trying <laughs> to get my show tagline. In. I'm trying yeah. to get my show tagline in there. Come on. 
If I'm you not- can do it, coming from Nigeria with $20 in his pocket, inspiring Americans, inspiring people all over the world, you can do it because it's in your power. Creativity is deposited in your DNA. It's right there. Oh, thank you, Isaac. I really appreciate you doing this. Um, I, I hope someday that we will end up on the same stage at the it's same possible. time. Uh, I, I really look forward to that time whenever it happens. Uh, and I'm blessed to have you in my life as, a, as, a, as, a, as an online uh, brother and, oh. and mentor and teacher oh. and, and somebody who, who, who reminds me that I can always do more. I appreciate yeah. that. Oh, Max, the day I spoke at that conference, and you asked me after I spoke, is there a way I can be <laughs> mentor? You picked up the microphone. Everybody was listening. You made a wonderful comment about me. I said, can you be my mentor? You brought me to tears. You have no idea. Thank you so much. That comment changed my life. And I said to the audience, thousands of people, millions of people that will listen to this letter, I'm officially declaring that Azuka Zook, Azuka, originally from Nigeria, West Africa, is Marxist mentor max is blind blogger it's an honor having you as a brother as a, as a mentee and someone i can coach look at the age difference max come on god bless you brother thank you, well, well, thank you. Your mentor. <laughs> uh, i love it i love it this is this is this will this will go down as as uh as my favorite as my as my second favorite interview of all time because my first one you know the the first one you ever do is always special so this will be second but thank you so much i appreciate it thank you and hang on just a minute i'm going to press pause and then i'm going to let you go and then i'll uh, wrap up uh with some comments okay that has been an amazing powerful uh inspiring motivating crazy interview and i tell you if i'm really blessed I'll have at least one of these every week. I can't tell Azuka how much I appreciate having him in my life and having him on my show. It's a very big deal. Um, And I encourage you. You know, this is one of the things that he reminded me of. There are mentors, friends, people who will encourage and support and help you on the Internet, in person. You never know where you're going to run into them. Uh, You have to be open to finding them. You have to be looking for them, listening for them. Keep your keep your nose in the air and and try to try to recognize that that amazing person when they come into your life, even if they don't look like the person you were expecting. Uh, I told somebody recently. Sometimes that mentor can be a garbage man, a teacher, a, a policeman, a firefighter. And here lately in Houston during this flood, we have had so many examples of people teaching us through their example, through their willingness to help their neighbor without any thought for themselves. So. Bring these people into your life. Look for them. Find them. Surround yourself with people who will uplift you, who will encourage you when you're feeling down, who will suggest ideas to you when you're stuck wondering where where that next stone in the path might be. That's one thing I learned from Azuka or was reminded of. Um, Another thing is find a way to be positive. I mean, he has such energy, and that comes from practice, but it also comes from a decision to be positive and optimistic and outgoing. And like many people have said, you can't be successful if you don't show up. So you have to show up every day. Take those small actions, those small steps. Uh, And to borrow from a friend of mine, Alex Ecorigi, she once told me that a lot of people can figure out adding something to their lives. 
doing something extra that they weren't already doing. She said, really smart people remove stuff from their lives. They find things they're doing that aren't benefiting them and they take them out. They get rid of them. They, they avoid those negative friends. They, uh, they get away from activities that aren't bringing their spirit, their energy, uh, their, their motivation, their personal energy up. I'm not saying to give up things that make you happy or that bring you joy, but I'm talking about things that you know in your heart aren't serving you, that are draining your energy, that you feel upset, angry, even a little, I don't know, a little, a little dirty afterwards. I'm not talking about things that are offensive. I'm just saying there are, there are things that we do every day that we don't want to, that we have to. There's a, there's a, big, uh, there's a famous saying, I do what I have to so I can do what I want to. But there are things in every one of our lives that we could take and stop doing. And we could spend that time, that energy, that focus on something that will move us forward. So those are some of the things I learned from Azuka. I appreciate y'all watching, listening in another episode of What's Your Excuse? Like I said, if me and Azuka and the other people that have come on this show can do it, then really, what is your excuse? You can find out more at theblindblogger.net, theblindblogger.net. You can also purchase my books over there, Leading You Out of the Darkness into the Light, A Blind Man's Inspirational Guide to Success. It's not the cookie, it's the bag, an easy-to-follow guide to weight loss success. And coming soon, The Blind Blogger's New York City Adventure and How You Too Can Chase Your Dreams. It's going to be a great book. It's a heck of a story, and that's – I know people are going to think I've started to get an ego, but – I have had parts of it read by people I trust, and they tell me that y'all are really going to love this book. So I'm looking forward to that. You can find me again at theblindblogger.net. I appreciate your time, your support, your love, your continued faith in me. Until next time, thank you, God bless you, and take care out there. This is Max Ivey, The Blind Blogger. Too many times we stand aside and let the water slip away. To what we've put off to tomorrow has finally come today. So don't stand upon the shoreline and say you're satisfied. Choose to chance the rapids and dare to dance the tide. And I will sail my vessel till the river runs dry. Like a bird upon the wind, these waters are my sky. I'll never reach my destination if I never try. So I will sail my vessel till the river runs dry, till the river runs dry.